Welcome to Ew, That's Creepy podcast. This episode, Melissa will be telling Jackie about two Native American men who have gone missing and the cases have now gone cold. Not only were these men living on the same reservation, but they were actually cousins. If you have any tips, please contact the Bighorn County Sheriff's Office at 406-665-9780. creepy cats welcome back to ew that's creepy podcast and jackie and i have a new theme for this week but we are actually sticking with our theme from last week we wanted to talk more about missing minorities because last week we really focused on women so it's just right that this week we're going to do more cases about minorities who have gone missing but we will talk about some men so new but the same (laughs) Yes. Some nostalgia. Some sad nostalgia for us. Yep. And I, since last week, I had told Jackie about um, the case with Ella May, who was Native American. I wanted to stick with that a little bit because I was honestly just shocked the numbers of Native American men and women, just indigenous men and women who have gone missing And it'll be, like, an article from the week they went missing, and then you never hear about it ever again. I hate that. And there were so many like that. I, 110%, I will link the one article I was reading. I genuinely think there's a serial killer. And I'm, I'm, it sounds crazy, it sounds dramatic, but I honestly, looking at the numbers and the amount of, especially women who were found killed in brutal ways and there was never any updates on the case it was like in the same county every other year a woman's an indigenous woman's body was being found and people say when it's like brutal like that it's usually that's not the first time or neither it won't be the last time that someone has done it yeah good point And I read, I was reading one of these articles in my research that I will link below, and it made a really great point that Native American men often go missing at a higher frequency than women, and a lot of people just make the assumption that because women are more seen as vulnerable and should be protected, everything like that, you guys know what I'm talking about, that oftentimes when men go missing people in authority will just think that they went off to do whatever. They went off drinking. They went off on a binge. They went to go do this, to go do that. When it's women, you know, it seems a lot more that they're in trouble. But for men, no one's first assumption is that a man is in trouble. And that's especially heightened for minorities and indigenous men. That's a good point. So similar to what I was just saying, Not only are indigenous men and men who classify as minorities, there are a lot of indigenous people who strongly believe that medical examiners will classify cases as overdoses or alcohol-related for a lot of indigenous men and women who are found deceased. And 
Most people believe that it's because they don't want to put in the time and effort and paperwork and everything like that to prove that there's been a mysterious death. I'm not going to talk about that specifically today, but this was all just a lot of background that I wanted to point out before we get into these cases, because when you know all of these facts and things like that, it does make you think more that these men aren't just going missing on their own accord, that something could be happening, there could be a serial killer, um... Maybe if there's not even a serial killer, maybe it's just the fact that they're not getting the time and attention put into the cases. So I just wanted to start and give some background on that because I think it's relevant to everything going on in these cases today. So today I'm going to tell Jackie about two Native American men who have gone missing and received very little media coverage The information that I have is obviously also limited because the articles that we have basically will all kind of state the same facts. They don't really talk much about these men and who they were as people. So don't come for me. I am giving what I have. (laughs) So first, let's talk about a man who went missing named Hub Binion Williamson. He was 34 at the time of his disappearance, living in Bighorn County, Montana, and he disappeared in 2019. Recent. Yes, very recent. Hub lived at the Crow Agency Reservation, which is a large reservation in Montana. It has almost 8,000 residents, and it goes across miles, so a very large reservation. Many Native American and Indigenous families lived on the reservation. Hub was very close with his relatives, including his mother, aunt, and cousins. I don't believe he was married or had children, but he was so close to the family that he had. Hub was last seen in person when he visited a relative on April 9th, 2009. That relative's house was in Hardin, Montana. Some articles report that the date was April 5th or the 6th. Others report that it's the 9th. So this already pisses me off the fact that we can't even narrow down when this man was last seen. But Hub went to the relative's house. The relative reported that nothing seemed out of the ordinary or unusual, and they said that Hub stopped by pretty often, so I think almost daily he stopped by to just catch up and, um, you know, talk with family. So I believe on this day, Hub stopped in to the relative's house, had a quick glass of water, and then went back into his truck and drove away. After seeing his relatives, Hub was going to head home to the reservation He was seen getting gas at a gas station, which was along the route, his normal route from the relative's house back to the reservation. And it wasn't that far. So just kind of strange that he's seen getting gas. And then after that sighting, which I believe is on a surveillance camera because all of the articles say he was last seen getting gas. So I'm pretty sure we have that on surveillance around 9 p.m., And then he was never seen or heard from again. Like, literally never seen or heard from again after just being on a gas station on a route that he drives every single day, basically. 
Yeah, that definitely seems like he met with foul play or got into some sort of car accident. I don't know. It's just strange because he's in a truck, so you would think that if there was an accident, you would have found it along the way. Or evidence of an accident. Right. It's Montana. It's pretty flat, so if he did get into an accident, I just wonder where the truck would be that... I mean, there'd be, like, tracks swerving off the road or something. Yeah. So, and based on the footage, I haven't seen it, but based on the footage, police investigated, and they said that there was nothing wrong with Hub's truck, and nothing seemed out of the ordinary. His temperament didn't seem out of the ordinary. Based on the footage, he just stopped to get gas and then left. So, following the visit that he had with the relative... Hub was leaving their house, and he was going back to help his mother make dinner. I believe she also lived on the reservation. So then after that, he had planned to get his per capita check from the reservation the next day. Which, people say that in this part of Montana, and this part of the Crow Reservation, that people don't miss picking up their per capita check. It's just something that they don't do. It's known that everyone comes and get it that day because the area of the reservation was a little impoverished. So people wanted that money. Basically, if the money was there, everyone was coming to pick it up. Makes sense. So the next day after he had left the relative's house and was seen on the surveillance at the gas station, he also didn't come pick up his per capita check. So, mixed with him not going to help his mother for dinner the night before, then the next day he doesn't come to pick up his check, and the family knows at this point that something was wrong. I would think the same thing. Yeah, and, you know, because it's even if he ran away on his own accord... That seems weird. He had plans. Yeah, he had plans with his own mother, and if he was planning to leave, he definitely would have stopped and picked the check up first and cashed it and then left. That's a good point. After it was made public that Hub Williamson was a missing person, family and police, they really expected to see a potential sighting And have calls flooding in saying he's here, he is here, maybe an accident, or he's in the hospital. But sadly, there were no sightings of Williamson, nothing confirmed of where he was. According to the Charlie Project, on April 18th, almost 10 days after Hub Williamson was last seen, his truck was found abandoned near Lodge Grass, Montana. So, Lodgegrass is also in Bighorn County, the same county where a hub lived and was last seen. I'm not sure what the truck looked like or if there were traces of him in the truck, if there were traces of anyone else. Since the truck was found, there have literally been no updates or articles regarding the search for hub. No movement, nothing. And some mention, some articles mentioned that his truck was never found at all. What the heck? Which, again, it's really frustrating reading these articles because as an outsider looking in, it's like, was his truck found? Was his truck not found? How is that information not confirmed when that is so relevant to the case? Yeah, like, is anybody doing any follow-up? I don't know. And it's like, the 
I usually really trust the Charlie Project because they're known to have the most information on a lot of these cold cases. And the Charlie Project mentioned the truck and gave the date as, I believe, the 6th. Then later in the article, they give the date as the 9th of April. So it's like no hate on the Charlie Project because it's not their fault. But can why is this not confirmed? Yeah, there's definitely some misinformation going on. And it's frustrating because for the family, that would really piss you off. The fact that you can't even narrow down the dates and whether his truck was found, yes or no. Yeah. Ugh. But at the time of his disappearance, Hub Williamson was wearing Wrangler blue jeans, a blue sweater, cowboy boots, potentially a red baseball cap. Hub was six foot tall, weighing about 200 pounds. And along with the other information about his truck, that is all I have. And it's really frustrating because it it bothers me. If his truck was found, was it dusted for fingerprints? What What was in it? (laughs) What was in it? Was there a sign of him driving it? Was the seat pushed back far enough for someone who is six foot? Like, yeah, that's always a good question. If the truck was found, I feel like that could give so much evidence, but it's just not confirmed. It's hard that, yeah, that's all there is because it definitely seems like if the truck was found and he wasn't there, then obviously something bad happened, but it seems like he met with foul play in some aspect or another. I agree. Or just some tragic accident, but even so, it seems like if people were searching, they could have somehow found some evidence of that. Yeah, and if your truck is abandoned, I just, it's hard for me to imagine what tragic accident would lead with his truck being there, but not him. And where you would go, yeah, and why you wouldn't have picked up the check if you were trying to go somewhere else. Right. Another thing I want to know is, where was the truck in relevance to his route going home? Yeah, that's also a good point. Some people have brought up the fact that Hub Williamson was involved in some petty crimes on the reservation. I believe it was just some alcohol-related things, maybe drinking and driving, but I'm not sure because I couldn't find any concrete articles on that. But the crimes that he did have, I don't believe that it was anything... There was nothing I could find that it was violent crimes or anything like that. It seemed just more like petty crimes. But I wonder if him having a criminal record played into this search. I wonder if police and investigators thought, you know, maybe he's just involved in something and he'll turn up. Yeah, that's a good point. Or if they just thought that they, I don't know, had more pressing cases. Yeah. Or maybe they thought because he had problems with alcohol, maybe he went on a drinking binge or something. Yeah. Williamson's family hopes that maybe he somehow lost his memory and does not realize who he is, and maybe that's why he got out of the truck, which is really sad that it's like that is their hope, that he's alive and just forgot his memory, and that just, like, reading that made me so sad, because at this point, they basically know that he's not out there on his free will because he wouldn't do something like that. Yeah, that's really tough, knowing that that's, like, what you're hoping for. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, that incredibly limited information is all that I have regarding Hub Binion Williamson, 
But the story for the family does not end there because another relative of Hub Williamson also has gone missing and has not been seen since 2013. What? Before Hub even went missing. Who? So Hub Williamson had a cousin named Robert Garrett Stewart Jr. And Robert had gone missing in 2013. Robert was born in 1987, and he would have been 25 at the time of his disappearance. Like his cousin Hub, he was also a member of the Crow tribe, but Robert had two young children, so he was a father. At the time of his disappearance, Robert was around six foot tall and weighed 102, sorry, 130 to 150 pounds. So he was, he was pretty tall and skinny. He had dark eyes and short hair, um, of slight facial hair. I believe he had a mustache and a goatee from not shaving, but he didn't have a full beard or anything like that. According to the Charlie Project, Robert was last seen wearing faded Wrangler blue jeans, a gray zip-up sweater with visible stains on the front pocket, a western sugar beet baseball cap with a brown front and white mesh back, and he was also known to wear glasses, but he didn't have them on them on him at the time. So I wonder if that could potentially play into anything. Like his cousin Hub, Robert was also living on the Crow Reservation in Montana. The night he was last seen was October 4th, 2013, when Robert went out with some friends in the Billings, Montana area. And the rest of that, this again is just so shaky. I'm like, how do we not just have a concrete story? Friends told police and investigators that they went out for the night and that when they were leaving late or in the early hours of October 4th, that friends believe Robert may have been disoriented. Friends parted ways with Robert and at the time it was raining and snowing outside. So when they say he was disoriented, it's like, do you mean disoriented because it's raining and snowing and he doesn't have his glasses? Do you mean disoriented because you guys were out drinking? I don't know. Like he's an adult at the time, so it's not, not throwing shade either way. But just when this is the last time someone is seen and you just say, could be potentially disoriented. Yeah. It's like, well, how bad? (laughs) Yeah. What does that mean? What does... How can you be potentially disoriented? Probably drinking, yeah, is what it sounds like. But then it makes it seem like maybe he could have had some sort of accident. I agree. I do think that it's it's all of the things put together. It's raining. It's snowing. I believe he's he was going to walk wherever he was going based on friends saying they last saw him. He doesn't have his glasses, and he's he's very skinny. So I just wonder... Even if there was some sort of accident, how was that in 2013 and it's 2022 and we don't have a single update? Yeah, and like there, it seems like someone would have found his body, as sad as that sounds, if there was sort of an accident. I agree. I looked on a map that was provided by missingpersoncenter.com, which showed the location where Robert was last seen. And it's in a busy city-type location, which makes it even more odd. It seemed like he was either at a bar or at a friend's house drinking. And to me, that's even more strange because 
We have so much surveillance. Even in 2013, there were surveillance tapes. It's a city. Even if it's raining, snowing, and it's at night, someone is going to be up. Someone's going to be driving. How did this six-foot-tall man just walk down what seems like walk down a street and was never seen or heard from again? Yeah, nobody would notice. So, like, even if the weather was bad, the street, to me, looked busy, and it looked like, even if he was in trouble, that he could have found someone or just went and knocked on someone's door if, you know, if he, if it was raining, snowing, he got exhausted and something like that. I agree. Now, I did notice it looked like there was a train track nearby, so I wonder Mm. if in the rain and if in the snow... You know, you're walking, maybe you thought it was a street. I wonder if something like that could have played into it. But then again, how, if there was a train accident, would that not be reported? Or we would have no evidence of something like that. And it seems like if he somehow, it was too cold, or he slipped and fell in something on the train tracks, it seems like that would be a place somebody would notice. And it's just like, how would we not have the remains for that? Yeah. I've seen, well, I've read into cases where there are accidents and things like that involving people on a train. And there are still, no matter how bad the accident is, evidence that that happened. For sure. And usually it's by the train conductor. Right. Calls the police or something. Now, maybe, and this is just me wondering, maybe he saw a train go by and wanted to, like, hop on the back and ride it for a bit or something. I don't know. It's just, Robert was a father of two. So, people can say Hub might have went missing on his own accord. But I, you're not going to tell me a father of two who just went out with friends is going to make the choice to disappear forever in the early morning hours of a rain and snowstorm. Seems a little suspicious. If, like, I don't think that happens either. I agree. And it just pisses me off because that information is all that I have. Investigators in the case have claimed that there could be foul play. And some articles say that investigators believe Robert could have been taken against his own free will. But I'm not sure if... The police and investigators who are stating that, if they have information that they're just not giving us, which is pretty common. Yeah. But understandable, but it's also just like, what are people really supposed to think? Next year will mark 10 years that Robert has been missing. 10 years since his family and his sons or his children haven't had them him in their life. And it's just, even if police did have information, it's just like, how long are you going to keep that quiet until we know? Yeah, I agree. I don't understand how a grown ass man, how they could say someone could have taken him against his free will. Where's the evidence? Can we have more information so we could know potentially who? Yeah. Seems like that's something either it happened or it didn't like, right. I don't know. What do I know? It's just so frustrating that these people who were close with their family and had their whole lives ahead of them go missing. And there's like three to four articles on it. And basically all of them are restating the same information that police gave. 
And it is, it's really scary to think if a six foot two man can be taken against his will, if that is what happened, what the heck? Who took him? And Hub was also six foot 200 pounds. Yeah, like both people, if they were taken, that's very concerning and very scary. Now, police have said also that they don't believe the two cases are related. Related. And, you know, they're cousins, but there was a six years that passed. You know, Robert went missing in 2013. Hub went missing in 2019. It does seem if they were related. If they were related, someone's a psychopath out there. Because, yeah, someone took their time with that one. <laughs> yeah, you sat on that for six years or so. I do agree with police. I don't necessarily think it's related, but what I, like I said before, I wonder, is there a serial killer out there? Yep. There are a lot of indigenous men who go missing seemingly without a trace. A lot of indigenous women who go missing and a lot of indigenous women who are brutally murdered. I hate to say it. If you were a serial killer and you were going to target a group of people... It seems that the reservations would be a good place to do it because no one is putting in the care that these people deserve. And it's really frustrating, and I can't even imagine how the family feels, especially knowing that cousins have gone missing in your family and there's no update on it. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like people are even caring that much. That's got to be really tough and heartbreaking. Yeah, and how I said in the beginning with them being men, think about when Ella May went missing. They had walks and investigation searches on foot for days. I don't think they had either for Hub or for Robert in 2013 and in 2019. Nothing I could see said that people went out on foot to look for them. That's a really good point. And again, yeah, it's just like if it can happen to them, it can truly happen to anybody. Yeah, and we need to be putting in the same time and care and effort with everyone, every case of people going missing. Yep, it should be equally devoted resources to everybody. And these were just like, these two cases were basically a needle in a giant haystack of indigenous men and women who have gone missing and also have had zero updates on their cases. So I wanted to talk about these two because the fact that they're cousins just makes it even more strange. Like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, it, it is. It is like, what is going on? I need updates. Is there a serial killer on the loose? How many other cases like this have happened? Yeah, and at this point, the police should give us whatever information they've kept hidden, if anything. Yeah, because I don't think it's helping very much. Yeah. The FBI is offering a reward of up to $10,000 for information that leads to the resolution of Robert's case. If you have any information concerning this investigation, I believe both investigations, you can contact the FBI Salt Lake City Field Office in Billings, Montana. That phone number is 406-248-8487. And the Bighorn County Sheriff's Office is at 406-665-9780. I hate to just end it like that with things still so up in the open, but that's how it is. So I just hope that talking about these cases, posting the photographs of these men who have gone missing a father, a cousin, a son. We need to take the time to protect 
minorities and protect men as much as women because clearly everyone is at risk here. Agreed. And we should really focus on if there's not going to be equal coverage in the media, then just doing our best as individuals to stay updated with all sorts of cases and just to, you know, peruse missing persons websites as much as you can, even if it's like once a week or something in your spare time. That's just, you know, do your part a bit. Because imagine if this was two people in your family who were missing and you have had no updates or no closure. And And all it can take is one person's tip. Mm Mm-hmm. I truly believe looking at all of the people who have been murdered and went missing, it is just so hard for me to believe that there isn't one or a group of people doing this because... There were just so many. They're all on reservations or close to reservations. And so many of them have never been solved. And yeah, there are a lot of cases that do involve domestic violence and things like that. But I'm telling you guys, there are so many unsolved cases on these reservations in Montana and in those areas. It's just shocking. Maybe the police and the FBI have a string board and have an investigation going on with a potential serial killer. I've never seen anything like that. So what do you guys think? Let me know. I'll post the articles below. Let me know what you guys think and let us know if you guys also see anything related in the cases of Robert and Hub or if you are, you know, if there's anything you see that we're not getting from the research, the limited ass research. Yes, as always, come chat with us on Instagram and follow us if you're not already. And we can talk more about the cases over on there. Yep. And if you have any information that I might have missed somehow, um, let us know. Like I said, there's a reward that the FBI is offering. So I think that we should really get some closure on this, especially for Robert. It'll be 10 years next fall. Agreed. No one should have to, no family should have to go that long with like, this little information. Yeah, no child should have to go 10 years asking where dad is, and all you know is that he was last seen during a rain and snowstorm. Very good point. <sighs> I could just go on a whole fucking tirade and rant about this, but I'm not going to because... <laughs> we will know, not rant and rave. <laughs> you guys know the rant I'm going to go on, and if you're listening to this point, you know everything I, I'm going to say. So... Thank you guys again for listening to these episodes. Like Jackie and I said before, we're, we know these aren't when there's a lot of negativity and things already going on in the world. It's hard to listen to things that have no closure and that sometimes seem so hopeless. But talking about these stories, putting the name out there always is fuel to the fire and you never know what you could dig up or what other people could hear So just thank you guys for listening to these episodes. They really mean a lot to us. I agree. And I have faith that all everyone listening is like a true crime junkie and loves this stuff. So I know that you guys are all doing your part anyway. Mm -hmm. So it feels good that that's like something the true crime community can, you know, take pride in is that we're always knowledgeable of what's going on in the true crime world. Yep. And, you know, just looking back at these cases, it helps us prepare ourselves and prepare and help our minorities even more to prevent any of this from happening in the future. So, thank you I agree. 
Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Ooh, That's Creepy. And we will see you guys next time for another episode of Missing Minorities Men Edition. Men, men, men. Thank you, Melissa, for that menacing men. Menacing. You're welcome. (laughs) Anytime. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Want to creep on us? Follow us on social media at ew, that's creepy podcast, or send us an email at ew, that's creepy podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats.